Hello, listeners and friends, and welcome to episode 12 of the Tales and Tunes podcast, finally. Running all sorts of behind getting this episode out to you guys, but it's finally here. Since this podcast was recorded over three weeks ago, in that time I managed to fracture a bone in my ankle at work, so I've been in recovery mode for the past two weeks. And between that and planning our big event up in the mountains this coming weekend, uh, well, you can see how I got backed up. We'll get into more details about the party going on here during the conversation, but now let's check out B-Tsunami's number one track pick of the week. This week's track is by One Man Orchestra, entitled Turn the Crank. The release can be found on Iboga Records. Turn it up, guys.
back, guys. It's been nearly a month since the last podcast, so we're happy and excited to be back on the horse. Uh, we're well into summer, and goddamn, it's been a busy one. May was nonstop, and we're finally feeling full recovery from good old Detroit's Movement Festival. We'll get into a review of that, as this week's guest was in, in attendance as well. He's another Iowa-born, recently relocated to Denver. He's been DJing and producing for over six years now and is the co-founder of the Iowa-based Mad Scientist Productions. The youngest guest to be featured on this podcast so far, my good friend Peter, a.k.a. Drumai. Peter, how's it going, buddy? Not bad. What's up, bud? Good to finally have you on the podcast here. <laughs> How do you feel about being the youngest? <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly not surprised. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty used to being the young one in the crowd all the time, so... Yeah. At least amongst my friends, especially out here. For sure. I just said uh, you recently relocated to Denver. Uh, when was that, and how has the transition been so far? Uh, I officially moved in uh, to my place in September, and it's probably been the best decision of my life. Uh, things have taken off. I'm the happiest I've ever been. Like, It was a no-brainer, man. That's awesome, man. You're actually not the first Iowan to say that on the podcast, that it's the best decision or the best your life has been. Yeah, I think Talk Eric about said Eric. it himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seems to be the general consensus for us Iowans. I mean, I, I miss Iowa. I miss parts of it, but uh, there's something special about being out here, and I, I really like it. it. It seems to be the right place for we're, me. We're fucking Iowa ambassadors, man. <laughs> and we're here to bring the noise. <laughs> Uh, anything exciting this summer besides Detroit that's happened so far? Um, well, I mean, I went back to Iowa for the Pampot show, uh, that Rick threw. Oh yeah. Uh, How was that? I haven't got to talk um, about it. Honestly, after, you know, I hadn't been back to Iowa since January and I hadn't seen a lot of people that I saw there in nine months since I moved or however long it had been. And, um, it was, uh, pretty incredible. Uh, the sound system was amazing. Lights were good. Um, sets were you know, it's Iowa. They're mm. always going to be good. Uh, our boys know what the hell they're doing. And, uh, but just to dance out with all of my friends and see them all again, just to goof around and have fun. And it was, it was really ineffable. Nice. Did um, you meet Pampot? I, I talked to him for a second as I was setting up Dylan Newton at the after party and they go to, uh, DJ in an after party with a, uh, stripper pole in between the two of them. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they'll remember that for a long time. <laughs> But yeah, I just talked to him for a second. I wasn't going to sit there and talk their ear off. I let the boys do their work. That's cool, man. Yeah, Rissy was telling me that like in their contract, it said that they wanted to go to, uh, or like the, he had to take them to like four star dinners or like really nice like dinners. He had to treat them. So when he picked them up or whatever, it, I think when he picked them up, he's like, "All right, you guys ready to eat? Where do you want to go?" And he had like a list of all these top high end places, and they're like. Burger King. <laughs> and he said they were just eating the fries like every bite. They're just like, I fucking love America. Oh, I remember uh, he was showing me the writer and like one of the things was like they had to be picked up from the airport in like a Mercedes too. Like, I, I think they realized they were coming to Iowa and I, I'm 99% certain they'll remember it because... I mean, look at look at their list of like where they were playing. Oh yeah, it North was like American San Francisco, tour. someplace in Canada, I think, Iowa, <laughs> and New York. It was like <laughs> hell yeah. And the official movement pre-party before the week or the week weekend before Detroit. So yeah, that was super special. Man. Oh yeah, it was it was a blast. Sad I wasn't there, but was definitely having fun in spirit. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, uh, before we get into this review of of Detroit and everything, uh, yeah, let me talk about last weekend. Actually, I had a, a really awesome uh, gig and opportunity. Uh, I got to open for Matthew DK, a party that Safe House threw on uh, the Vinyl Rooftop downtown uh, Denver. Uh, I was supposed to go on at four to five, and I was I was getting ready and. Safe comes up to me. He's like, uh, "We're gonna be pushing everything back because DK's sitting on a fucking plane on the runway in the Midwest." <laughs> so he was very much delayed. Uh, I didn't. The dudes who opened for me, uh, keepers, they ended up playing for like two hours, and then I got on, and I think I ended up playing for. It's it's hard to remember because I got extremely wasted. But it was either two hours and fifteen minutes or two hours and forty five minutes. So I had I was just pulling yeah, shit I, out of my ass. And I, just... I I heard about that. Uh, <laughs> I was up in the mountains visiting my folks, and uh, I heard you had a very very much so extended set. Mm-hmm. And the pictures of it are great. The, the one of you like lean back, just like and I was like, <laughs> "Yep, that's Ben." Yeah, and it, it it was incredible too because I mean the the rooftop is a really cool venue, but the issue they've always had with that venue is that the sound sucks balls up there. Well, like, yeah, and we saw, Derek brought in extra sound. Yeah, right? I've seen Cats and Dogs and Adriatic last summer on that stage without any added sound, and it was like listening to them on a PA system. It was like, unless you were standing in the front, like up front, like it was like, it was almost like, you know, it was sad. It was like, dude, this uh, people of this caliber, and they're having to play on such a shitty sound system, well, and I paid... 25 bucks to be here it was kind of bullshit well if there's anything you know growing up in iowa and that scene especially with like rick and coleman iowans like sound mm-hmm. <laughs> always just a huge sound system usually uh matt bergstrom is just god those 21s oh, yeah. um just <laughs> massive sound systems and it's just it, it, it adds something to the party yeah. especially when you can really feel it in your chest like it's it really just changer. sucks you in more it's a game changer for sure it can I mean, it can make or break the party. Like I said, I mean, we had Adriatic playing an incredible set, but the sound was terrible. So it was like really took away from the experience. So no, they, they wised up and uh, they brought in uh, Derek's friggin' sound that we're actually going to have at Together, which we're going to get into in a second. Uh, an amazing sound system set up and it, it was just, it was prime. And when, you, when you're playing on the stage, it's like you look out the... The stage is indoors, and there's, like, glass windows and doors uh, that go to the outside part of the rooftop. And then, so you're looking at the dance floor, and then behind you is the sun over the Rocky Mountains with a little bit of, like, uh, skyscrapers in front of you. So it was really fucking awesome. Yeah, it looks neat. To be DJing from, and just... (laughs) it It was pretty fucking special, and just being able to really just, like cut loose and play for that long i I really haven't had that opportunity yet and i i had a fucking ton of fun well denver response was really good too denver's denver's learning who beat tsunami is (laughs) storm's coming it's it's it sure is (laughs) your extended sets and your morning sets are always always have been a favorite of mine like they're just so neat and like you feel a crowd so well and you know I'm, i'm not a big fan usually of people who play from deck to deck but you blend it in a way that I really, really like, and uh, it's it's awesome, and it's nice to see, you know, after after you've transitioned, you know, you've been here a lot longer than I, but people really catching on that Ben Milhau rocks this. Fuck yeah. Appreciate that, man. 
And yeah, you've been, uh, I, I mean, we, we'll talk about this later a bit, but like I've definitely, you're, you're one of the people who, when I think of like who I've influenced or continue to influence and I mean, cause you, you tell me it all the time. It's, it's, I mean, it's you, you're one of those people that just definitely motivate me to continue musically and well, awesome and, man and everything. So thank fuck you. Yeah, brother. It's a inspiration or symbiotic cycle. relationship. Yeah, yeah, synergy or whatever you call that. Good give and take, uh, back back and forth. All right, well, uh, yeah, now let's get into our exciting news. And before we get into Detroit, uh, the big announcement is uh, if you haven't gotten the invite yet on Facebook, which just happened this past weekend, uh, we are reviving a legendary event that happened in Iowa uh, almost a decade ago now together. And... Uh, I mean, I can get into a little bit of history. To get, like, a really thick history of this, go back to Eric Starrett's podcast because we talk about extensively the how it came to be and, and what it what it's all about. But uh, in a nutshell, um, yeah, 10 years ago, and it ran for, I think, four years, uh, Together was an event, uh, and the, the main people behind it were Jeff Law and Eric Starrett uh, who came together and, like, we need to throw a party that is, like, f- for the collective by the collective where everybody comes together regardless of genre click what have you it's all industry people yeah yeah everybody who who love fucking dance music and are a part of the scene to come together join forces is sort of a fucking transformer like a megazord and just even putting the differences aside coming together and putting on a spectacular event where you only ask for donations at the door where it's just everybody's putting in something together to make the event happen. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it went dormant for many years. And I mean, a big part of that is the huge lack of fucking venues in Iowa to, to have, to have a three day festival. It's like good fucking luck. I mean, I, I did everything at mostly everything at Gabe's and Yacht Club just cause, uh, Pete starting off from time one, I was just like, Hey man, can I throw a show here? And I, I, I did most of them there. Some of my biggest parties, I don't envy Matt and, and Mustafa and Jade and all of them who are trying to throw shows in Iowa are, you know, the, the invasion crew and all that. Like, mm-hmm. it's a nightmare. It's, and dude, we're, it's we're, like, where we're out here, there's six warehouses you can pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of them even come with sound. Like, And there's, like, honestly, there's, there's hundreds of spots, if you just go look, in the mountains where you can just drive to an end of a road. And no one will fuck with you, and you can just fucking throw on a fucking system. It's it's totally different out here, and uh, I mean a, a big part of what inspired uh, me to uh, you know kind of set this idea in motion and, and getting everyone on board uh, was uh, I went to a Renegade Psytrance festival last summer where I I uh, DJed at, and uh, it was a total Renegade spot, and I get I was told that. The spot has been used for the past, uh, or since like the '90s, f- to do shows there, just off and off through the off and on through the years. So I, I just saw the spot and I went, "You don't have to ask anyone to do this here." I'm like, "We're we're fucking doing. It. I want to do a party here next summer." And so that that after that experience, the thought was planted in my mind, and I'm like, "I'm going to do a show there. Got to do a show there," you know. And, and then after doing the podcast with Eric back in I believe it was late January or February it just hit me I was like I it it had to be early January because you were in Iowa actually we were all in Iowa and we were sitting at uh 
Colin's place, my uh, co-founder of Mad Scientist, my duo partner, mm-hmm. um, and you were talking about it, and I said, Ben, let me help, and here we are. Yeah. And uh, coming up July 10, 11, and 12, we're going to make this happen. Yeah, it's it's going to be something super special, man, because we have, I, I think, 20, if not more, DJs coming from Iowa to, I think it's like, to fucking throw down. It's less than 20, I think, coming from Iowa, but the total lineup's like 28 or 30 DJs. Uh, Iowa and local, some from Minneapolis. We've got uh, Leon J, which was my big goal. I, I, I love that dude. I love his sets. Um, I've listened to him for years. He's always been a good, mm-hmm. big inspiration for me, other than the Iowans. And uh, funny, he's, funny, he's flying out to come do it. So yeah. Funny about him, uh, I was uh, the first person uh, with a lot of influence from my buddy Jimmy to bring him to Iowa. So it's cool to be the first person to bring him to Iowa, and now we're the first people to bring him to Colorado. It's like everywhere I go, it's like we need these people out here. Fucking well, I to mean, be heard and shit. Leon, so. Leon's a hell of a dude. Um, I I went up to Minneapolis around Valentine's Day, and uh, uh, mostly you know because my best friend and brother that like I started out in all this, and we'll get to that later. Uh, Mike Rat lives up there, and I flew on Friday night because uh, Rissy was playing System. Hung out with him, and then the next night, Complicit, Compressor, and Mustafa was coming up uh, that Saturday night. And then uh, I was talking to Leon, and he was kind of like, just stick around, and you can come to my uh, Ableton, I don't remember what level, but one of the higher ones, classes on Tuesday. And so I got to sit in on the class, and it ended up, the actual like topic for the class was really, really short. And we ended up discussing about workflow and production. Like, you know, uh, he got me involved with all of that and like talking to the class and it was really, really cool. And I mean, those Ableton classes are expensive and like for him to offer to just let me sit in and then to include me and like have me talk to the class for a little bit and like just ask me questions in front of people. Like it was awesome. Like Mm -hmm. I was kind of like awestruck a little bit. Yeah. Cause like Leon's that dude, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a while since I've fucking seen him. So it's exciting that he's going to be back. And uh, like we I should have s- been at the Pampot show, bud. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. Trust me. <laughs> what, what's cool too is, is as I mentioned, Jimmy was kind of the my my best friend in the world, uh, DJ Moksha, who's uh, lives in California. Well, technically Utah right now, but uh, San he, he yeah he introduced me, and uh, he didn't get to go to Detroit this year, and he was the one who, yeah who introduced me to Leon, and he's going to be out here for the festival as well. Literally the only two times I've ever hung out with Jimmy have been in Detroit. <laughs> and that's two out of three years. Well, that's where I fucking met him, which is hilarious. Or became best friends with him. <laughs> One fateful set of dubfire. <laughs> but, yeah, there's like like we said, there's so many awesome, talented people coming from Iowa, the Midwest, California, and then we have... Minneapolis. Just, exactly. We got Dan Toomey and... Um, Leon from there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we the lineup is is really fucking cool. It's just a lot of talented people and uh, just everybody coming together to do yeah. it for fun and like custom music on what we've now arranged for a massive, great sounding sound system. Quadraphonic, quadraphonic, basically, basically home built function one, and we've arranged for him to just bring it all and mm-hmm. just go nuts. And honestly, I couldn't be more excited. I. Every other dream is like one party I'm throwing and then the other one's together. Mm-hmm. And it's just been on my mind constantly. Yeah. And I just keep hitting people up. Hey, man, are you coming out together? I don't know. Can do it. Just trust me. Yeah. Do it. 
Yeah, that that's what's really cool too about all these people coming from Iowa. Um, at least ha- I'd say at least half of them have never even been to Colorado, so their first experience is driving up into the mountains to play a set, which is <laughs> just mind-boggling to me. So yeah, guys, it's going to be July 10th through the 12th. Uh, the location is uh it's it's about i'd say at most two hours southwest of i mean it's denver. between here uh denver and colorado springs like yeah it's not far the issue is the road that we ha- you have to drive up you can only go like 30 miles an hour on because of how windy and gravelly it is well if you're a so, was yeah <laughs> yeah it's not it's not far at all and it's it's a fucking beautiful location and uh, if you have not got an invite uh, personally from one of us, we're we're keeping invites limited because we're we're hoping for just around two hundred people, just to make it really. But I mean, right now we only have like a hundred attendees. Like, if if you want to go and you haven't been invited yet, uh, hit up Benny or I. Yep. And uh, we'll take care of you. Just send us a message and we'll get you on the invite so you can get uh, more information about it. But hell yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, now we're going to get into uh, the review of Detroit. It has been, what, is it two weekends ago now? Or is uh, it three? Three. Three weekends already. <laughs> it takes a minute to recover from that shit, man. I'm finally feeling human uh, again. Getting back <laughs> in my like workout schedule and sh- shit like that. Like yeah. After my whole trip to Iowa, like Detroit takes a lot out of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and rightfully so. How many years have you been going then? So this was my third year. This is your third year, and uh, what's your overall feeling on the the experience this year? I mean, I'll never miss that festival if mm-hmm. I can avoid it. Like, I I will scrap money together. I will do whatever I got to do. Um, usually, you know, my parents help out because my birthday is Memorial Day weekend. Usually, it's May thirtieth, so usually my parents will help out a little bit or something mm-hmm. like that, like as a gift to me for my birthday, uh, which is awesome. Like, I have amazing parents. I'm blessed to have them. They're awesome. And, uh, so I, I can usually, uh, I, I'm hoping I can always make it happen is truly like nothing else in the United States. Mm-hmm. And Mustafa once put it, Mustafa, uh, there's no other festival in the United States that has so much global talent all in one place. Mm-hmm. It's, it's absolutely For the price too. Oh, and then the price, I, I, I got a VIP ticket, uh, right when they came out and I think it was like two twenty, two thirty, or something like that. And, I mean, I like the VIP perks. Some don't. Um, you get a little cheaper drinks. There's no line to get in. I had no will call, which was a huge problem this year because mm-hmm. uh, they went to a new system. And uh, it's a separate line to get in. Um, it's a separate area. I, you can get a chair massage. I've never done it. I don't know. I, I'm too busy dancing. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I, I kind of like it. Oh, and I got a free T-shirt and hat and headphones that I got the same ones last year, and they lasted a week. They're, they're horrible. <laughs> but I... I Honestly, especially when you get like up close to the festival, it's like 190 or 180 bucks for a general admission ticket. And then I think about that compared to right when they come out and I'm paying 220, it's like okay, I can spend an extra 50 bucks, never wait in a line, never deal with anything, get slightly cheaper drinks and you know, you know, it's like a dollar off per drink or something like that, and you get like the whole can of Red Bull if you get like a vodka Red Bull or something like that. Well, if you think about it, if you get like 10 drinks, well, there's 10 bucks of it, mm-hmm. you know, and especially in VIP, like the same bartenders work the same bar the whole time. Like you make friends with them or something like that. And like, you know, you get better drinks, better quality ones they actually care. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't get ID'd every single time. I actually got ID'd at one, when I got one inside the main part of the festival 
they have me pull out my ID. She looks at me and she goes, she goes, can you uh, lift up your sunglasses so you can see your eyes? And I'm like, I got this ID made April 1st. Oh my God. Like, are you kidding me right now? But you know, it's just, it, it, it's a perk that I like mm-hmm. for a little bit of extra money. It's probably not worth it, yeah. but I'm going to still do it. Mm-hmm. I've done it two years in a row now and I've loved it. Actually, a couple of years ago, uh, uh, not this past year, but the year before, Harry and I were in VIP and we were just worn out. Our feet hurt. And there's all these tables back there that you can sit. And there's just one off to itself by its side with two chairs. And Harry just comes up, you know, and all Harry style just goes, oh, good. They got my reservation. <laughs> we sat down. He starts yelling for a waiter. It was. It's just it's goofiness and fun. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what Detroit is. This year I was in the Athenium or Athenium, however you pronounce it. And... Uh, that that was a blast, uh, especially since a lot of the older guys were there. I call it older. Don't take insult to your age, guys. I'm just young. Honestly, we spent so much time when we were back at the hotel sitting outside on this like grassy knoll, just talking shit and having fun and talking oh, yeah. to each other and like catching up because you know like Coleman's there and Coleman's moved away now and I've I've moved away and it's it's nice to be with you know sixty of your best friends. Oh yeah. And you're listening to great music all weekend oh, on great sound systems. The one other thing that really stands out to me about Detroit is I've been to a, a, quite a few other festivals and it's always a trek and you got to like deal with crowds trying to get from stage to stage to stage. I can walk from the opposite end of the festival back to the other stage and back like across and back in five minutes yeah. and I can fight through crowds to get to the front Mm-hmm. And the crowds and there's there, space up front, and, and the then the crowds there, they're not pushing all over. You're not getting rubbed into. There's not some sweaty dude and some neon bro tank jumping all over you, elbowing you in the face. No, I got my room to dance, and like you know, I'm I, you've you've seen me dance. Like I move, mm-hmm. and I I never feel that way. It's just it's like a more mature crowd. I feel, mm-hmm. and I'm not insulting other festivals in any way. It's just. It's they a different just, vibe. It, it's, it feels like older, more relaxed, but still just having so much fun. And, uh, you know, you know, uh, Sartorius, I grabbed him at one point and just brought, grabbed him with me. I'm like, hey, you know, all my Iowa buds were up here. And, like, after getting done with that, he was just like, I see why you like Iowa guys now. You guys just have so much fun. Because there's a group of, like, 30 of us front left at a stage just goofing around with each other and having a blast. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The people this year definitely were like the highlight more than ever. I mean, now this is my I mean, this is my 8th year in attendance and the past th- this is the 3rd year since I've been in Denver. So, I mean, it's the reunion of the fucking techno family from Iowa is like easily the oh and always the funnest fucking part. And and m- many of us are spread out and uh, like unfortunately, like I said, my uh Jimmy my best friend, uh, this is the first year he hasn't been, so it was definitely definitely a little different this year. We didn't have Jimmy, we didn't have... Oh, and I love Jimmy because people. I love to talk shit, and Jimmy can come right back with it, and it's witty. And, <laughs> An Indian? <laughs> I mean, that's not what I'm focusing on, but like... Jimmy is somebody who throws it right back at me, and it's funny, and I'm laughing my ass off because I, I love to give people crap. Mm-hmm. And I and you know people have figured out at this point that I'm not serious, but Jimmy is one who can throw it back oh, just yeah. like that. Like I was asking him the other day, I'm like, hey, you know, just thinking about it together, like what kind of gear are you gonna be playing on? And he goes, well, you know, 
I've played on CDJs and all this, blah, blah, blah. But he goes, you know what I really prefer is uh, Real to Real. So, you know, we got to find him a couple of those. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, just, he, he's witty, and yeah. it's, it's it's great fun. He, he was sorely him. missed this year, and plus he's got good dance moves. Absolutely. And, yeah, yeah, like we said, he's going to be a, a highlight uh, at Together. We'll be doing a tag set, too, when me and Jimmy tag. We're called Sonic and Muckles, and we bust out <laughs> fucking chip and fail outfits, bow ties and cufflinks, like... Shit gets real when we get <laughs> when we get together. So I'll snapchat it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so who were your favorite sets you saw of the weekend? Oh, that's not even a fair question. Like most years, like actually, my first year, it was it had to be Matrix in the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that, I mean, this year specifically. I, I know. I'm. I'm yeah, and then the next year, it was that Maceo Plex set. <laughs> this year, there was no clear winner. Um, I saw a lot of sets. I saw half of different people's sets. I honestly have no idea who I could say is my favorite. I just had so much Favorites. fun. Oh, I can't even tell you, man. Uh, Sol Injection was pretty nuts. I, I The first day, I finally met up with Luke Hansen at Geyser, which Geyser is always fun, always consistent. Um, similar sets, but like the sound on that stage really need to be turned up. And Of course, there's Matt yelling things, saying, turn up the sound. Which was hilarious because no one could hear him or anything like that, but it was just funny. Yeah. We like to heckle. I, I ended up going around with uh, Luke and um, his friends for a little bit that first day. Spent a lot of time at the underground stage that day. Uh, Normans were down there and uh, saw Cell Injection. Ter- or, I mean, Complicit. Complicit was there? I didn't even see You never ran into Complicit? I never ran into Complicit. I, like, the first part of the day, we're at the B-Port no. stage. And I feel a tap on my shoulder and I turn around there's Tanya, Tanya and Travis. Travis. Oh... Fuck, how did we not see them? Well, well people, I never saw him after the first dude, day, I actually. Never, I saw one Denver person the whole weekend. It was fucking bizarre. And usually I run into everyone like saw all the Davey. time. That but there'll it. be like two or three people that I won't see the whole weekend. But the thing with me is like, half the time I don't even realize who's playing at a stage. Until mm-hmm. actually um, Leslie uh, Musser had made up uh, these little laminated schedules. And I, f- I got one of those the second day. So I started to realize like who was playing, but a lot of times I just follow my ear and like what sounds good to me because you know what I can go to the front left and I bet you I'll find some islands exactly and I'll find <laughs> some people to hang out with yeah and you know sure. so I can't really say who had the best sets. Um, Maceo Plex was pretty cool this year. Uh, uh, Capriati was a blast while I was at it. Yeah, the recording shit. was not my most favorite. Uh, because I kind of like started to like deeply listen to it instead of just like being into it and analyzing it as a DJ. Well, anything on a system like that. <laughs> Dude, anything on a system was good. I got to see someone I've been trying to see for years. I got to see Maya Jane Coles. Yeah. And that was awesome. I was yeah, really she expecting. Was she was really I was good. really expecting like one of her like deep, deep, like beautiful house music just sets. And all of a sudden, little five foot girl. Damn just comes out and just starts throwing these heaters and I was like, whoa! Right. You can barely see her Did over the DJ right table. After? She it's... played right after Dubfire. Yeah, because Dubfire was... really good. Woo! Yeah. yeah, I was right up front row on the railing for Dubfire. That was Dubfire. the first set I got to, I think. Actually. Yeah, yeah, you Cause... came up and you met up with us. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I met up with the St. Louis people. Yeah. If you did not have your band sent to you in the mail and you had to wait in Will Call, that's, that was the number one problem with this year was... 
If you didn't have a uh, your band already mailed to you, which I did have one, but I bought two that year, and I had to be I had to go up to the Will Call. Who'd you have to get the other one for? Uh, Glojo. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, we walked up at four thirty because we're like, okay, Cats and Dogs is about to start, so we'll get there. I don't even think I saw Cats and Dogs. We'll get there at four thirty, and then I think Geyser was at six or something. So I mean, and then the Denver the Denver group photo was at seven p.m. So we we're which like, All right. I, I, again I've still never been clued in on. <laughs> guess I'm not a real show, Denver kid just yet. Gotta show up, dude. Well, I've, no one told me, bud. <laughs> I guess I'm not a real Denver kid. <laughs> oh, I'm an Iowan at heart. Yeah. So yeah, we got to the festival at fucking four thirty, and the line. We walk up, and the line is wrapped around the fucking fence, and it's going all the way down to the river. Which is honestly like a fourth of a mile. And it's five people wide. And it does not even look like it's moving. And we seriously waited in that line for two and a half hours. I heard some people waited for like four hours. Oh man, if you got there, like the whole time, we got there then and the, the line was to the river. And then there's a, you know, like a catwalk that goes along the river or a fence and a, and a sidewalk. And we, I mean, we just watched more and more people come up and their jaws just on the floor and they're, them having to go all the way to the end. If you would have got there at like nine o'clock, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if you even got into the festival that day. I, I just remember I got up in the morning, like I was so excited about it. Um, got my little money backpack on my rave hall and all this and walked down to Ox, uh, Colin, Allie and Lexi's room. And I go in there. Hox is lying in bed eating chocolate chip pancakes. And, or no, not chocolate chip pancakes. Lexi was not happy about that. Apparently, the Athenium Hotel does not have chocolate chips, <laughs> which is a major problem. Like, how do you not have chocolate chips? Anyway, they're eating breakfast and all this, and we get ready, and then we go to leave, and I don't know who it was, but somebody said, and they look at Ox and I, we both have backpacks on, rave towels, all, like, suited out with, like, things on, sunglasses and all that, and they're like, you guys know what you're doing? We're like, sure do. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, now that you mentioned that, it was supposed to rain the whole weekend, and it didn't rain at all. It yeah, was like, I coated my it mini... It honestly perfect fucking weather. For I coated my little mini backpack and never wet, and all my shoes and never wet, um, which, like, if you've ever seen this stuff, you like you drop water on it, and it just beads up and rolls right off. You can put, like, ketchup on it or mustard, Crazy. and it just comes right off. It's wow. so cool. cool. And it's, like, 20 bucks for the kit, and it'll do, like, 40 things. Nice. So I just coated all my shoes in it, mm-hmm. and uh, it was perfect. Like, uh, the final day, I went down to the underground stage, and it had rained that day for, like, a, like 20 minutes, yeah. but it, it rained. But it gets so hot down there. And by the way, so glad they upgraded the sound in that underground stage. <laughs> the past two years, it's been horrible. This year, it, like, they, they changed it all out. Made it work. But I get down there on the uh, third day. I don't think I ever went down there on the second day. And uh, there was, like, a half inch of just water, sweat, liquid something on the ground and I'm just like man I'm glad I put never wet on my shoes because I'm wearing like DC loafers because they're so comfortable on my feet and oh my god and like I was staying down there for Matador and uh, ended up leaving just because it was it's it's another world down there it's intense yeah it's intense I know a few individuals who say I'm just down there the whole time just like you're fucking crazy it's like going to the works (laughs) for an after party it's like 120 degrees sweats dripping from the ceiling and you're kind of like where am i you come out of there and you're like oh hey it's still daylight out yeah well (laughs) i thought i was in another world like it's just it's just a whole nother thing Mm -hmm. but yeah like like we were saying the only like the one big problem this year was the line and i mean it's obvious that the festival is getting more popular 
It's definitely more crowded than well with the, the whole first new year wristband went. thing with the RFIDs and all that. Yeah, like, that was that was a major issue. Is they the people who did the wristbands they had like a chip on it, so you had to like they had to scan it through the computers, and I guess their computers were being which really actually slow, and it just it's never been even close to that. Like like I said, some people probably waited four hours to get in. And the longest I've ever waited, and it's never even been a thing. It was maybe. Well, see, if you have been, if, if you have VIP, there's a different line to check in. Well, no, no. If you had, that was the other fucked up thing. Is if you were on will call and you had VIP, you had to wait in that line. No shit, I thought every, there was a different no, line. No, every no people were because there was the year before. No, I would have been irate, dude. If I had paid, you know, over a hundred dollars more for my VIP uh, ticket, 50. and you had to pay, or you had to wait in that fucking line, that would have been. Well, um, see, like all the other festivals I've been to, you know, uh, throughout the years, they've all had uh, RFID. No, that's shit. how they've usually done. Yeah, that they've too. always, but Detroit's always been different. It's just been a wristband. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't surprised when it happened, and like it didn't bother me at all. Like the whole skating thing, like especially with yeah, the VIP I'm not line, I never waited in a line to get in once. Yeah, I walked up, they scanned my thing to like let me in, and I walked in. Yep. that was it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so fuck will call. Don't ever do will call again for Detroit because you want to avoid. That well, I was scared like altogether. with getting my wristband because I ordered it, but I'm leaving. Uh, I think it was like May 12th to go there, and I'm like, oh shit, is my wristband gonna get here in time? Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it came like two days before I went. There was not a problem. It was awesome. Like I said, I had one in the mail, and I could have, but I gave that one to him, thinking. Thinking I would get in. Before, you fool! Because he was sleeping still, and I'm like, oh, I'll just go get in the will call line. You take this one. Because I have to buy it anyways. Like, I have to use my card. You fool of a t- <laughs> Um, But, uh, other than, oh, but waiting in line, man, we had fucking, we were literally watching the clock. It's like, up, oh, don't get to see cats and dogs. Up, oh, guys are just started. Up, oh, guys are just ended. Up, oh, we're not in the Denver photo. Like it was well, so sad. Waiting dude, in but, that but I will, I will acknowledge, acknowledge <laughs> Pax Howard, however you pronounce it. They came up after the first day. They're like, "Look, we're sorry. We didn't anticipate this. We're having glitches. We apologize." Like they made a good public announcement. They handled it like professionals. I mean, you know what? I honestly, the only thing I would have changed <laughs> if I were them is saying, "Hey." You know what? If you waited in line or anybody with a GA, like after the first no, day, say, should've... come up to the VIP merch thing and get whatever free sh- shit you can yeah, get. Yeah, they should have gave free shit or drink tickets or something. Cause... Well, they didn't do drink tickets for VIP, but like they had this whole yeah, stock of t shirts and hats and like sunglasses and um, headphones. Well, they should have said after the second day, what I would have done is anybody with a wristband can come up and get it until we run out. Yeah. That's what I would have done, but that's the only thing I would have changed. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, yeah, we'll wrap this up, but I think I'll just run through quick uh, yeah, my couple favorite sets. I think my favorite sets that I saw the weekend were Joseph Capriati fucking threw down. Uh, Nicole Modaber was fucking awesome. I missed her. Her Which, fucking hair is in, insane, man. It's, I can't even... It's like Edward Scissorhands craziness. Like, <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Uh, she's probably the person I'm most upset for missing. Yeah. Then, uh, one, and I, I'm... It's, it sucks that... Recent things have happened uh, with uh, this guy saying shit on the internet, but Ten Walls. I only saw like twenty minutes of his set, but I thought it was phenomenal. Well, but <laughs> his set felt really, really end of track into an intro track. But he was doing it all live. Uh, I've been a fan of a Kick lot of the his shit tunes. out of Dixon set. Dixon set on the main stage right before Richie Houghton. That was fucking garbage, dude. I, I wasn't there for that. Dude, there was like... Uh, I was that cell it was, injection, it man. It was breakdown for like fucking... 
more than 70% of his set. Well, there was no beat. It was so weird. It was so fucking weird. I will say, actually, a set stage. that really does stand out to me uh, was Kinks. Oh, yeah. Uh, just because, you know, it was the first day. That was another one we didn't get in to. Yeah. We it was the first see. day. All the Iowans have all met up. We're all in a crowd, and we're all just having fun. And just the vibe and everything yeah. was it was awesome. Yeah, I can imagine. I was waiting in line. <laughs> but, yeah, cool. So, yeah, my eighth year... I'm shooting for ten years just to, you know, bury the hatchet. I mean, I mean, I, I hope, like you're gonna I, stop. Now. I hope that I, I go every year, but uh, if you're not there, you know, I'll be upset. You know, so. it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> the family reunion is the biggest aspect, so. especially with us but living out here. There's plenty of other fucking places to go and check out shit, but they're not but, like Detroit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Detroit's pretty irreplaceable. So the one thing I fear is knowing it's going on and not being there. That's FOMO, man. Fear of missing out. Terrifies me. <laughs> so, thank you, Detroit 2015. All right, let's switch gears, buddy. Uh, let's let's talk about you. Fucking, we're 40 minutes in, and we barely even fucking talked to the guest yet about you personally. So, Well, Detroit uh, does that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we didn't even touch the stories. We didn't even, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Save that for a rainy day. Um, where, so yeah, you, you're born and raised in Iowa, uh, whereabouts? Born and raised in Iowa City, spent a weird, uh, weird, year away at Purdue my freshman year, uh, came back to Iowa, graduated from there, uh, kind of stuck University around, of Iowa. University yeah. of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuck around for a little bit after that, and then made the decision to move out here. Right on. Uh, what, uh, was your childhood like? What kind of hobbies and shit were you into growing up? You know, um, what kind of person were you? I was actually talking to my mom this past weekend about it as. Uh, Do you have siblings? I have an older sister. Okay. Um, kind of like the biggest thing that's always stuck through my life is music, mm-hmm. and I was kind of thinking like, where did it all start? And my mom told me, and she was just like, "What well, six months?" And I'm like, "What do you mean?" And she goes, "Well, I was driving down North Dubuque Street in Iowa City." And my mom's a huge music person. She did it all throughout high school and stuff like that. She actually has perfect pitch, um, which is pretty incredible. Nice. Uh, mine's good, but it, it's it's not perfect. Like, you can play a note for her, and she'll tell you. It's it's really cool. Ugh, jealous. Well, at least that's the stories I've told. I've never tested her. But uh, <laughs> I'm six months old, and my mom is blaring music uh, going down North Dubuque Street. I'm in the back seat in a child seat in the car. And uh, she turns around to look at me to just check on me. And I am nodding my head like full force all the way back down to the beat exactly on. Just with this just face of just getting it on, my, on me. And like that was kind of like where it all started of like music was meant for me. Mm-hmm. Dude, uh, just kind of a side note. But it's really interesting. Uh, I mean I've DJed like a lot of weddings and shit. But watching young children like i mean the, the, the ones that can't even walk like parents will walk them out onto the dance floor and they can't speak a fucking lick of english or any fucking language for that matter just google gaga and they they don't even know they, how to express they, themselves they no yeah they know what music is like they they dance like dance is like it's in, natural it's, it's in our fucking dna like the the relationship with music and it's, it's just kind of crazy I, I i just love seeing that like you don't they don't know anything, but they know that this, they're supposed to move to it. Well, so, that's, so it, yeah, that's cool. It, it started out with that. Um, 
my parents had my sister take piano lessons, and with her, uh, music never really became a thing for her. You know, she did choir and uh, stuff like that, but uh, it was never really um, the passion that it was with me. And I, I really get my music side from my mom. Um, she was always really into it. She did musicals. She sang. You know, I, I've just said that, and uh, it was always a big part. Uh, my sister took piano lessons, and I remember her telling me when I was a young kid, uh, "Oh, well, you're gonna have to take piano." But said to my parents, "No, I want to learn drums. I want to learn drums. <laughs> Rhythm was always a big thing for me." Well, in first grade, I remember going to meet a drum teacher who actually it turns out by the time I was done taking lessons from him as a senior in high school. There was like a two-year waiting list to take lessons from him. Jeez. Like he was the best in the area. Uh, he used to be City High, my high school's uh, percussion coordinator. Uh, he ended up, he was Solon's at the time when I finished. Uh, he now lives in Ohio. Uh, I really need to reach out to him and just talk to him and just tell him my life right now, you know? like Because yeah, we used to talk a ton too. And uh, I was in first grade and he always said like he wouldn't accept people uh, that – until they're in the fourth grade. Because, you know, like when you're in uh, elementary school, like in fourth grade, they teach you about orchestra, fifth grade's band. Mm-hmm. Well, he kind of like had me like feel out music and he goes, you know what, I'll accept your son at in a first grade. And so I took drum lessons and I drummed and I drummed and I drummed. Uh, starting in seventh grade, um, I really wanted to pick up guitar, so I bought a Mexican uh, made, uh, which is the cheaper version of the, because the American maids are thousands of dollars, uh, Fender Strat. Kind of noodling guitar, and I am the world's most amateur guitar player, but it was just kind of something I have. I have a little collection of them, but I like to noodle on it, think of ideas. It's a different way as opposed to like keyboard to like express my ideas and kind mm-hmm. of like figure out something in my head. Gotcha. Uh, but drumming was always there, and uh, in high school, I, I, I didn't have a ton of friends, but one of my big, uh, best friends, uh, he uh, had a really big passion for film, and he actually graduated from BYU with film, and I'm not actually sure what he's doing at this point. I'm a bad friend. I haven't kept up with him. But, uh, well, he dis- he's Mormon, so he took two years on a mission. So it's kind of like he broke off for a while. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> well, we were starting to submit to bigger film festivals, and I was always helping out with that in any way I could because I love to be a part of something bigger than me, mm-hmm. like to contribute to the whole. That's why I love helping promote parties. It's why I love what I'm doing now with Together and all that. And uh, with that, and, of course, I, I started choir uh, in seventh grade. Show choir all throughout high school. Just get that out of the way. Uh, and I did band, play drums in that, mallets, and we'll get more jazz into that. I uh, never did. I did jazz band in uh, junior high, not in high school. Gotcha. Um, but with that, a lot of the uh, film festivals we submitted to, you couldn't have copyrighted music. Well, I started to get really into music because uh, after my freshman year, uh, you had to do like a percussion proficiency and I never learned to read notes on music I can read rhythms like a champion but I can't I couldn't read notes at the time so I started playing mallets I ended up learning how to play on four mallets and being like one of the better people in my high school by the time I graduated but that got me more interested in the way things were constructed especially with choir and so we need music for these movies something to go along in the background and me always being the music kid I was just like hold on ended up getting finale and I started composing uh, in finale orchestral and piano started in garage band actually and then finale mm. uh, which is a music making program and making all these different things and composing them and the first thing like that I ever got like any sort of recognition for I was 16 years old composed this orchestral piece with a piano solo and do an orchestral thing it's maybe a minute and a half long 
uh, for this uh, like six minute short film that got into a couple of film festivals and actually ended up landing me on IMDb uh, listed as a composer for uh, <laughs> music. And actually that little intro that I created is the intro on the track Rebirth, which was the first original nice. tune I ever played out live at Techno Revolution 2 opening up for uh, Truncate. That's really cool, dude. And so <laughs> I did all that. That's and fucking 10 years ago. I mean, well, now. Almost 10 years ago, yeah, nine years yeah, ago. Yeah. And then I took music theory, got more and more. And there was great, actually, one of the choir directors there, uh, his name was Kent Keating. Actually, it was really neat in my high school. Uh, out of uh, the directors, there was uh, Mike Mailman. Uh, oh, God, what's his name? It was another MM name for the two band directors. Then there was Kent Keating and Greg Grove. They all had double like letters for their names. I always thought that was kind of funny. But this Kent Keating guy, uh, he was a hell of a composer and a hell of a ranger, like absolutely insane. And I remember like I'd be working on stuff in the, uh, my music theory class and like in a private practice room with a piano and stuff like that. And he would always come in and he's like, look at my work. And he's like, yep, you don't have any of the major mistakes there. And like, it was probably the, my most favorite class I took in high school other than chemistry. Cool. Um, and then from there, I went to Purdue my freshman year. Uh, a lot of guys on the, one of the guys on the floor, um, who actually was in Detroit, and I didn't link up with him. Oh, nice. I haven't seen him since my freshman year. <laughs> uh, he was really into uh, techno music, and at the time, I wasn't so much into it. I always listened to electronica, and like I remember listening to like the Prodigy and the Knife and stuff like that back in the day. You know, when I was younger. Of course, back in the day, to you guys, it probably seems like nothing. <laughs> but um, uh, it kind of got me to start fooling around in Ableton. Well, then I come back from Iowa in summer 2009, uh, start messing around more and more in Ableton, especially with my buddy Mike Rat, who uh, he and I, he's my best friend, he's a brother, um, lives in Minneapolis, uh, and uh, started messing around there. Occasionally, uh, Keith would come over and teach us, and then it, it progressed into me trying to make these horrible, horrible things, not even know how to grid tracks right, and to grid samples in Ableton, to me mixing out live. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where I went with there. And then from there, I've progressed into everything I am now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, let's break that down a little bit. So when would you say you first discovered electronic music? I guess you were saying before you I was to 10. Prodigy. And well, I mean, I mean, before I was 10, like, I always had a vast range of music. Like, one time I was hanging out with Ox, and I was just showing him, like, all the music on my computer. It goes from everything from Russian Orthodox cathedral music, which I'll still listen to and, like, belt out singing in my car to drumless tracks uh, of rock music that I can play drums to, to crazy electronic music, to everything. Like, I have a very wide spectrum. Like, the only thing I really don't like is pop country. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that and um, Psytrance. Not to alienate anyone. I just have bad memories with Psytrance. Mm -hmm. uh, what was your first party? Uh, yours. <laughs> my Which first one? like well I mean I had gone to like all the bar shows and stuff like that I mean I, yeah, first party, I was getting snuck into places that were quote unquote rave like getting stuck into places at 18 or 19 years old when they were even 21 plus uh, like Tuesday night dance party at Yacht Club mm -hmm. man I remember when I actually turned 21 and went in there I'm like it's 20, my 21st <laughs> birthday and the uh, bartender just looks at me he's like are you kidding me <laughs> like hey uh, my first big all-night party was yours uh, that I really remember and stands out to me, and that was Mission Beat 2. Um, I still listen to Coleman's mix from that. 
Fuck yeah. Oh, dude. I've, I've sent it to people in Colorado, and everybody wants to know what the track is that goes, there's some hoes in this house. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> you have Shazam, but I ain't telling you. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was that was one of the best ones. Oh, it was incredible. Too. I was like, And hey. we've, we, I've talked about this party at nauseum, so we don't need to get into it. Uh, in, yeah, in, and yours in, in Rissy's podcast. And you're in Rissy's podcast. You get into it deep. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course, I have no idea what this is te- going it's on. It's a textbook fucking church rave in Iowa City. I so just, I just literally you haven't heard this story. Definitely go back to Rissy's uh, uh, podcast, Matt Rissy's podcast, which was two podcasts ago. And yeah, you can, you his can is get good. His is very good. You learn a lot about him yeah, in the history yeah. of Iowa. But I just remember seeing, oh, there's a party at Old Brick. That's neat. Oh, it's electronic music. Oh, dude, this this DJ's name on the lineup, Beat Tsunami, is really cool. I remember specifically picking out your name. I'm like, that's really neat. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> and so I did. That's awesome, man. How did you get involved with the Iowa scene? Well, uh, as I was saying, like I spent a lot of time with Mike Rat and kind of learned how to produce. It was more at first. It was, it was actually while like, you're at the University of Iowa, then. Yeah. Okay. I did I, most everything I did in Iowa, except for the last year I was at the university. Um, with with Mike, I was kind of learning all that, and then I ended up picking up. I, I had mixed a ton with uh, friends at house parties for like four years. Parties at my frat parties. Yes, I was in a frat, but it was not like any frat you've ever understood. <laughs> it's it's completely different. It was a bunch of chill dudes who went to music festivals and uh, listened to a well, not really electronic music, more jam band. At first, they didn't like me. Now they're totally into everything I do, and it, I, I've talked the. the uh, one of my pledge brothers and presidents uh, lives out here, and he's like, "Man, if they had only known then." Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I DJ for them a lot. But then finally, I was getting tired of using the Sakai MPD twenty six, and I was mixing in Ableton this whole time um, because that's all I ever knew. I didn't even know Tractor existed, Serato, or anything like that. I CDJs. No, I knew Ableton because I learned sh- shit from Keith. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I was so sick of it and like the way it worked. I just went out and bought an APC forty. And I did that, and then Aaron Tang came over and hang, uh, hung out, and he was like, kind of listened to me as I was just kind of like fooling around on it, and he goes, dude, why don't you come open for uh, Dan and I at Yacht Club? And so I did that, and I remember after that show, Alex Wilgan comes up to me, and she goes, you know, you're not half bad at that. <laughs> and then literally like within a month, I got like eight more bookings. Crazy. And everything picked up. Uh, ended up... Uh, from there, uh, joining uh, Subfix for a while. It's going around with them, but then I'm a Monster 2 came around. Well, a lot of people who are listening don't even, you know, know much about you or, you know, what you used to play back then. But so w- what kind of music did you start playing out or what, how did you get into that or whatever music when you started DJing? Well, I, you know, this was, you know, started messing around really like with the DJ aspect in about 2009. Um, 2010 and then playing out later and I was the first set I played was all glitch hop uh, which I stand to this day uh, I've mixed damn near every genre except Psytrance and uh, it is really really hard to do long mixes and not just transitions in like it's a very very difficult genre to mix well, I mean tracks are three minutes long so no no I mean there will be five minutes long. tracks but yeah. like just with all the odd sounds and blending them well, uh, and especially to get two or three deck, and this is where I really give props to Mike Rat. Um, it is hard, and he does it extremely well. Um, but that's what I was first mixing out. That and dubstep. Uh, 
But I, I, one of my favorite artists and one of the ones that really got me like really like devoted to it was uh, this dude named Cyber Optics, uh, who did this like future ish like robotic space dubstep. And it was really, really cool because it was odd sounds and the synth designs to this day amaze me. And actually, he just like a week ago released a techno track. It's a little heavy for my taste. Like, well, I mean, like not so much heavy, but like synth heavy. Okay. But, um, because you know, you know me, I'll go, yeah, I'll go it's hard. Like heavy, what are you talking but, about? But, um, <laughs> that was what I was first mixing. And then I'm a Monster 2 came around. And uh, I remember being there, and Mustafa Avdich, uh came on. And uh, right, uh, I remember it was Manuel de la Mera's Process, I think, track. And it was just banging so hard. He had started off with um, the Here track, which I might open up with at Together, just because I love that track and I've never played it out. Um, and, like, it's going into that. And as, as I've said before, I, like, I grew up listening to The Prodigy. Well, out of that Process track, he makes... Uh, remix like a uh, house techno remix of voodoo people mm. and it was right there it clicked and I just found myself lost in this mix listening to a song that I'd grown up listening to but like slowed down in this way that I can dance and express myself to and I never looked back well okay so then I end up with subfix and there you know I'm playing dubstep. sub I was kind of there uh, I, I was I was always taught by Keith play to the crowd especially playing a lot of blue moose shows um I remember once I was playing a bunch of glitch hop and he said to me, he's like, yo, you're losing the crowd. Play some Skrillex. And I'm like, I don't have any in this Ableton file. And he's like, you should always have them some on there. You, gotta you should always have Skrillex. And or so like, that's how I learned. And then, so I started doing that and then I was playing trap for a while uh, because that was a hot new thing. Jordan Arneal was the first and I was quick to follow him uh, being one of the only people in Iowa playing trap music at the time because it was new it was glorified hip hop basically and it pleased the crowd and they got into it and they went crazy and it was fun i could feed off of them i had a blast well i get them in i get them sucked into me i was controlling the dance floor like they were mine mm-hmm. and then i was moving into house and techno towards the end of my sets and in and on house and techno and i always wanted to play it and uh it kept going more and more the the house and techno would be on there for longer and longer it was what I wanted to play, but I was also playing to please the crowd. And I think it was Dakota Root uh, who said to me at one point, um, dude, why don't you just mix house and techno? <laughs> and I'm like, well, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, and why aren't you using Tractor? And I'm like, well, blah, 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 Ableton's better, wop, 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 wop. I had an <coughs> ego in those days, which did not do me any favors, and I was not the nicest person. I... I thought my shit smelled like roses, but it sure didn't. Um, but it was actually uh, one year I decided kind of wanted to get CDJs for the dubstep I was playing. And I, I still, not in over a year now, but I'll still play a dubstep set, sometimes with Jordan Graham as our uh, duo Taco Bandits. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always play uh, really, really deep dub, or I still stick to Cyber Optics. I, I love his stuff. But... Uh, People like Jake Henzo, Khan, um, Truth. It's really like true what dubstep was. Like, you know, old Scream and Banga and, you know. And that's so much fun to me and I love it. But it's it's not my passion. Mm-hmm. And like Tyler Holst as FM Synthesis, like his his taste in dubstep, the stuff he makes, just him in general, like his taste is impeccable. Talented as fuck. 
Uh, incredible. And um, so I switched over to House and Techno right as I got my CDJs. And so I've actually never mixed trap or dubstep in Tractor. I've always done it on CDJs. Um, and uh, I think uh, the first full uh, techno house set I played was the first party I ever threw myself was uh, on uh, around Valentine's Day. And it was called Loverdose with Dylan Newton. Because uh, I was like, well, who, who do I pick for uh, sexy love music? Oh, Dylan <laughs> Newton, of course. Dude. So we did that, and then right after that, I believe, was uh, the first huge party I threw was called uh, Good Vibes, and it was for uh, Josie Schmucker's birthday, and it was actually all all the DJs played for free, all the lights, everything was done for free, because we got peed in on it from uh, Gabe's, and um, it was a fundraiser for Matt Lehman's kid, and that was the whole plan of it, and I believe Colin played, and then Tyler, then myself, and then Oxford, and yeah, I gave myself a fat slot. And that was the first time there was a big crowd and I just ripped a techno set. And no, it wasn't perfect, but it was good. From like I mean, like I got raving compliments, everybody's like, We're glad you switched and all that and I just couldn't have been happier. Welcome to the dark side. And it's been history. But for a long time after that, I really, really struggled with uh getting gigs. Uh, to play just house and techno because that always been a trap and dubstep dude. I still have uh, people come up to me this day. Dude, we just do a trap set for old time's sake. And I'm like, man, I don't even know if I have those files anymore because I'd have to do it in Ableton. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I was playing a few. A lot. I started up a monthly that I was doing um, at Yacht Club and I continued up until uh, I did one month after I moved here. And then they changed how they did the Tuesday Night Dance Party. We were trying to revive it, but it ended up dying out. And we had some crazy nights there, and it was a mm-hmm. lot of fun. But what really gave me a decent break with uh, playing House and Techno was Mustafa comes up to me and goes, Hey, man. He called me one night because he needed my headphones because he had forgot his. Uh, and I ran him down there, and he goes, Hey, I got a show for you later. And he goes, Well, this is Evolve 2. And uh, he goes, how do you feel about uh, playing with Luke Hansen? And I'm like, yeah. Chia. And originally I was going to open, but Justin Meeks goes, no, uh, let this kid go right before uh, Luke. So I played that. And then after that, I started getting bookings, bookings, bookings. And Equilibrium has been nothing but great to me. I played Equilibrium 2. Corey Simpson and I were going to do a back-to-back Renegade set after Equilibrium uh, Evolve 3, actually. Um, happened, the Halloween show. But... Uh, the St. Charles owners didn't know us as well at the time, and they uh, actually shut us down. But, um, and then I did Techno Revolution 2. They had me on 515. They, they've always treated me great. They've, uh, I mean, a lot of the, those were bookings with Colin as well as uh, Bebop. Hmm. Uh, the other half of Mad Scientist. other half of Mad Scientist production. Giant Child, Kong, Cook. So that's kind of how that went down. And then I moved out here. Nice, yeah. So, you moved to Colorado like nine months, give or take. Uh, how have you grown as a DJ and producer since you've been here? Things have taken off in my music career in ways that I never thought would happen uh, by moving out here. Uh, really, to thank for that is Paul Anthony. Um, Good fucking dude. Uh, he He's a great dude. Been at it for over 30 years. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, he, he's, he's a legend and... Uh, what really happened is I was kind of producing and um, and you know making some tracks and I'd done some some nights that were just really like I'd gone from like 
zero percent of getting out of what I, I've always had music going in my head. There's a constant soundtrack. There's one going right now, and I've never been able to express it. And I've gone from like zero percent to maybe like forty percent of being able to get what's in my head out. Well, one night I was like up producing, and Evan Touts uh, hits me up and goes, "Hey man, uh, Terry Mullen's playing in town with Paul's." doing it it was over at appaloosa that uh um matt throws and so i ended up going to it and brooks there and she introduces me to paul and so i, I meet paul i become friends with paul and i talked to him a couple times at milk and then uh at the geyser show i talked to him a bit and then i asked him one day uh if i could send him a track i was working on so i sent him some tracks and then i, I sent him on this ep that i kind of prepared he goes dude i love this he's like I'll put it out on Chicken Fried. This was just after I had remixed Mustafa's Drama on or uh, Drama Off Techno on, which is, is going to come out on A Squared. And so all these things start lining into place. I got releases there. I've now I've also got a remix coming out on Equilibrium Recordings uh, first release, uh, Mike Walker's Tomb, that actually Corey Simpson and I did as the Mad Scientist, which I love producing with him because he has the knowledge of the past, and I have the Wilhow in Ableton. And it just flows. Yeah. He's also playing it together, just side note. <laughs> yeah. And Corey Simpson is another member of Mad Sinus Productions. Um, legend. And, and an actual mentor to me as a DJ. He would sit down like and listen. He, he, he still, to this day, listens to my mixes and uh, tells me if I'm being boring or how I can be more creative. Well, so I talked to Paul, and then he ends up hitting me up and having me playing the Frankie Bones show. I, ask, <laughs> I remember he sent me a message. He goes, hey, if I have you play this, like, you know, uh, you down to help promote. And I'm like, dude, you, you book me, that's what you get. And since then, I've been helping promote, did the Robert Armani show, and now uh, not only am I a resident of that, but I'm helping him do the barbecues and stuff like that and a few other things we have cooking up in the future. And I never thought like I'd be in this place of working with a legend, uh, hanging out with him every day. We go to the gym and work out. Uh, we went at 8 a.m. this morning. <laughs> awesome. um, uh, we push each other, and he, you know, he's, he's giving me remixes, and... Uh, He's really opened up possibilities in my career that I didn't think were possible. And all just because I sent him one track and he was like, I like this. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't thank him enough and for what he's done for me and the support he's given me as a friend. Like yeah. it's He's gonna be on the podcast too. We've talked to I've talked to him thank about God. it. He's all about it. He's yeah. oh he's got stories, could, man. Yeah, we could talk for four hours with that guy <laughs> so easily with three questions. <laughs> uh so what what plans around the horizon or gigs or releases and or you know well i mean i've got the chicken fry release with my debut release and guys i would love for that release to just shoot off and and i'll post more about it on facebook i don't have a definitive date right now but my first solo ep like it'll be like four or five bucks if i can get like 60 of you to buy it i'd love you forever because that that's just a great start for me and like Things are lining up right now. Like, it would mean the world to me. Like, I, I can't even express uh, that coming up. I've got the A squared one. I've got a couple. I got another EPA in the works for a label. I'm not going to name names. A uh, couple other remixes. Um, I got I got a lot of work to do in the studio right now. Right. But uh, that's kind of what's coming up. Uh, playing the Weejack barbecues and the Weejack shows. And there's going to be another announcement coming up soon together, obviously. Yeah. But I'm kind of trying to be a little selective on my gigs. Uh, I, I, I take a lot of time to prepare for my gigs. Uh, I try to, especially now pick a new crate of music for everyone. And I'll actually mix through that crate just on like my APC 40 and my setup. And 
just feel out the tracks like three or four times and mixing them in different ways to just really get to know them and like gritting the track, setting cue points because I really, and I learned this from you as one of my uh, people that inspired me, tell a story. Um, you know, and it's it's not incredibly hard to do. You can always do it with BPMs, but also I like to think about how the tracks flow, like what track belongs with the other. And I love it when I'm in the mix. Uh, that Robert Armani show, you and I both connected after uh, the song Corleg or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. That that Matador track had to come in, and you looked at me, and you're like, "I was hearing it," <laughs> and the mix just just talked to me. Yeah, fuck yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, man. Well, uh, unfortunately, me and this guy got to get get into beta before eleven o'clock here on this Friday night. Otherwise, we're gonna have to pay to get in. So we're gonna have to fucking rush through this last section. Uh, this is the uh, traditional best and worst section. Uh, give us your best and worst as as quick as you can fucking round robin uh what's the best and worst set you've ever played best honestly my most favorite and the most fun i had was uh this past beat experience i did the two-year anniversary first one i actually played i did it in iowa yeah i did it for mustafa's birthday uh came back there and it was a set i thought about a lot and i just remember starting it off safa comes up to turn me off i'm like no 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 stop because I opened up with uh, Maceo Plex's Conjure Dreams and there's that break and then the single kick comes in. And then I layer in my second kick because that's like a thing I do is I like I have my fourth channel where I have kicks or percussion or something like that on it, which I'm trying to move to a live production with my push. Layered in and I literally just watch people kind of like bend over <laughs> as this massive kick slams as I'm headlining the show. And that was by far my most favorite set. Awesome. Worst? Um... I mean, like, some of the ones I did first starting out were horrible, but the one that, like, annoys me since I've been an established person is playing for you for Mission Beat a couple years ago. You hate yourself too much for that. Oh, my God, dude, it was so horrible. Could never connect to the crowd. Could never find my group. It was just a horrible set. I'm playing with David last, and, God, I, 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 I hate myself for that set. And like, like I've heard compliments, but like, no, I'm not happy with it. That is the one that just stands out to me. And it just irks me. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, worst, best, and worst festival you've ever been to. Uh, worst festival, I'm not gonna name, but you know exactly what it was, and it was in Coggin, Iowa, and it was Psytrance. There was beautiful parts about it, but the way it ended, and like the last two days, ruined Psytrance for me and ruined the whole experience. Uh, best was well, it's always going to be movement. Adventure Camp was fun. Adventure Camp was how uh, I was a part of dreaming it up originally. Um, doing this party called Nordi Gras. Uh, we thought, hey, we can throw a party here. Uh, Kyle Sorensen, Bruce Pagan, uh, Mike Rat, Jordan, and I. We ended up doing it, and then um, it happened. And then we did it the next year, and I got you involved on it. Yeah. And actually, that Nordi Gras party, the second year they did it, twenty people showed up. Two DJs didn't show up after Colin and I, and that was when the first Bebop set happened. Dang. And Colin and I never even communicated during it. We just DJed together. There was no words, and <laughs> it just works. And like, because Colin and I, we became friends after I'm a Monster Three when he just wanted to come over, hang out, and mix. And <clears throat> since then, we've be, become like brothers. And uh, when the whole suffix thing ended, I was just like. Colin, you. I actually approached Tyler Holst, but Tyler Holst is a very independent person, mm-hmm. as he should be. He's on another level uh, as a producer than anyone else in that in, in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And uh, Colin and I started it up, and uh, since then we've had Corey. And I just added Cameron Byers, who's my little prodigy. He's uh, 
getting better and better. He sends me mixes every week, and I review them with him. <laughs> All right, you can continue now. Yeah. Okay, best and worst musical experience, whether it's a DJ set, a band, any musical. Any, like, and worst could be the biggest disappointment. But I, I Best, seeing, seeing Spongle live out here. Was, it was pretty sick. It was it was pretty incredible. I they're my favorite band. Worst, I've seen a lot of producers who are well established who cannot mix. Paper Diamond is one of those, and it was just bad. I I can't pick out a single one. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of them in the, in this industry. <laughs> All right, we're we're gonna wrap this shit up so we can fucking get to the club. Uh, well, what, what can we expect from this mix we're about to throw on? Well, I've kind of like run through it once. I still need to record it fully. Um, starts off a little slower, but instead of being my normal hard, like 130, just banging crazy hard stuff, I actually sat around in the, the upper 120s a lot. Um, a lot of more funky stuff like Geyser and like White Noise. And um, there's there's a good chunk of Matador in there. Uh, some Psy-OP. It's funkier. It's different, but it's still me. Word. Uh, it'll be fun. Yeah. Lots of inspiration coming in on this one. Uh, how, how can people find you? How, how can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me on SoundCloud. Drumai. D R U M A I. Drumai on Facebook. Uh, you can contact me at Music at Gmail. Uh, or you can just find me on my Facebook. I'm listed as Peter Board. Uh, one other thing I want to say, though, is... You know, uh, my 25th birthday was just uh, May 30th, and so I did a lot, and I actually ended up driving from Des Moines to Colorado on that day, and I thought about it a lot, and just, I haven't been able to express it right via social media or anything like that, so I'll say it here. Uh, I, I thought a lot about my life and, like, where I've come from, and, you know, growing up in high school is not having a lot of friends, kind of being a loner and stuff like that, like, I realized a saying that happened a few weeks ago with Harry, he was like, my best friend this, my best friend that, and I'm like, Harry, you have 15 best friends, he said, no. 145 it's never rang more true and I've never felt like I've had so many close people to me in my life and so many people that support me and like push me um to be a good person to do the right thing and like support my music it's absolutely incredible and I've never felt more loved in my life and I almost want to go like cry about it like it's yeah. it's incredible no it's it's been super cool man I remember the first time I ever met you was after I fucking played it uh, or Gabe's in Iowa City, and you just came up. You're like, dude, you remember when Keith asked you about that fucking? It was track? Mike Rat. Or, we became friends yeah, through Mike, Danny Days through the song right. Down Her. The, 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 I played a track Down Her, and Peter's like, "What the fuck is this? I need to find out." And he found out, and then the next show I played, he came up and he's like, "Dude, Will I'm that guy. I'm that guy who it? needed who needed to hear that." He's like, "Thank you so much." And yeah, it's 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 been and, cool and to, here I am because of that, your girlfriend living out here from that moment. And yeah, yeah, like like you you and Rihanna and, have been the most amazing friends, and um, honestly, like. I've never felt like more accepted and able to be myself. Like, you know, I used to have a chip on my shoulder. Well, you know, now a piece of me is still missing. And that piece of me is the part of me that's still in Iowa and still yeah. loves the family there. But, you know, I, I kind of thought about it as I was driving back as um, I want to bring that feel of the Iowa scene of just community dancing together, goofing around. Yeah. I want to bring that into every show I go to. Absolutely. I want to be that person. And Harry is a master of it. Mm-hmm. But that's that that really struck me, you know, because you do a lot of thinking on your 25th birthday, especially when you're on a 10-hour car drive. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, 
Well, fuck yeah, man. Thanks again for being on. It's great to have another Iowan on. And, I mean, the, your, your journey so far, it's been cool to be a witness and a part of it. And, uh, yeah, nothing but the best. Uh, will we hear any originals in this mix? Or are we going to well, you know, at the beginning? Originally when I did it, um, I uh, didn't end up throwing it. I'm horrible about remembering to play my own tracks. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. Because I get so into uh, other things and the mix talks to me. And I always forget about my own. But... I think I'll throw a few in there, and uh, we'll put at the uh, beginning of this uh, my newest remix that I did just on a whim of uh, Ambivalence, Are You Okay?, which has kind of been like a popular track in Iowa uh, for years, especially Mustafa's played it quite a bit. Fuck yeah. And uh, I did a little, I always thought it should be more up-tempo and like, not up-tempo, but like boom, banging. Mm -hmm. So I did a version of that, and actually just two days ago I did a rework of how I did the whole thing. And as of right now, I'll, I think Mike Walker is the only person I sent a copy to, so hopefully he plays it tonight in St. Louis just for Shit, you know, yeah. shits and giggles. Shout out to Mike. But uh, Leon J actually gave me some great feedback on it. Jordan Arneal actually gave me the most useful feedback of how to make it. And uh, yeah, uh, I'll see if I can't work in a few originals on there and some tracks from my friends. Uh, I kind of already had an idea for it, but um, I had a few 10 Walls tracks and just the way he's acting. Yeah. I'm going to replace those, own. and I got some time yeah. to throw in some other things, so it'll be fun. For sure. Uh, the mix, I'm really excited to do this mix. I'll probably uh, do it tomorrow or uh, Sunday if I have a chance. And uh, there's there's some – I know I'm planning on throwing in a few classic uh, Iowa tracks in there. Awesome. Fuck yeah, brother. Well, thanks again for being on, and I'm sure we'll get you back on here in a, in a year or something, and we'll get an update and see where everything's gone. Awesome. So. Thank you for having me, Fuck man. Fuck yeah, brother. Really appreciate it. Sounds good. All right. Well, here we go, guys. Your boy, Peter Drumai, in the mix.